Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Hello, D-I-A-H mamas. Sarah here. Matthew and I just launched our latest production together, the Balanced Mama Moment audio series. Who is this for? Any mom looking for more balance in her life and she's ready to start putting some conscious, powerful, loving, healing energy into herself. This is a guided audio experience of 20 tracks covering everything from how to make a balanced mama moment to body image, sex after motherhood, balance in your relationship, and so much more. We made this for moms just like you and me. So go to sarahbivens.com and click Balanced Mama to learn more and to sign up because we don't think twice about investing in our kiddos. So let's take a moment to give back to ourselves. So go sarahbivens.com and click on Balanced Mama. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. Hey guys, and welcome to the Doing It At Home podcast. Today, we welcome back the amazing Ann Margolis to the show. We spoke with Ann back in episode 24 when the show was a little bit younger. Now we're in the 90s and it's just so crazy. But in this episode, we talk specifically about birth trauma, something that impacts a lot more women than I realized, and that I think most people walking around realize, um, a third of women would describe their birth as traumatic in some way. And this is something that we need to pay attention to and we need to learn more about in terms of what it means to experience trauma in some way and know that it looks different for all of us and that sometimes you might not even recognize it as trauma until after the fact. So how you can identify it. And then we talk with Anne about her own experience of experiencing birth trauma and healing through it, and how she now dedicates her life, essentially her energy, her expertise, her insane knowledge to helping women heal from that and really tapping into that in incredible capacity that we have to heal down to a cellular level from our past experiences. And this this episode is just so, so juicy and full of delicious nuggets for you, for everyone. This, this impacts all of us because when we can create a healing, loving experience around birth for everyone, we all win. And um, Anne is just a part of that movement and is making it happen with all the amazing stuff that she does. So I will stop talking and let her take it from here. 
Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hi, and welcome back to the Doing It at Home podcast. I'm so happy to be back. Yes. Um, gosh, we really appreciate you. So our first episode with you, episode 24, uh, Normal, Natural, and Joyful Childbirth was the title of that episode. And I think that just captured so perfectly this this picture that you painted of what birth is and can be. And just to see those words with birth, you know, normal, natural, and joyful, uh, I think it's just so cool. Um, and I, I love the connection that we've created. Um, we also just published this week, um, our episode with Deborah Pascale Bonaro, mm. um, Bonaro, excuse me. Um, and you know, you were in orgasmic birth, the, yeah. the documentary. <laughs> yeah. She's, she, she, she is a dear colleague of mine. She does not live far, you know, we're in the same community. So we've worked together for years you know, she's, a, you know, at, even before she was, uh, you know, global, you know, she was um, an amazing childbirth educator and doula, and then she became a trainer. And then she's just gone global. And mm. she's just, just an amazing uh, gift to the world. Yes, yes. Love it. But, I love this, like, this connection, you know, amongst the birth community, you know, and some of the, the big heavy players of it. I just love that we've been able to have some of you on the show. Awesome. Um, and when we, when you have your appearance in the documentary, one of the things that's so cool about your part, you know, for those who have watched or who haven't and just kind of presents all of the, the stuff, like all of the gear and all of the medical equipment and just showing how um, prepared and how well um, trained um, mid midwives are. And you just go through, here's this bag. Oh, and here's this bag. And it's just like each one is the Mary Poppins bag of birth. <laughs> she interviewed me for two hours. Wow. On what I bring to a home birth, right? So like we kind of move in with, with we bring the birth center to the woman's home. And I was yeah. so excited to like share my birth birth ball and my squatting stool, my squatting rope and my rebozo, my herbs, my homeopathic remedies. But when it was aired, she focused on the like a medical equipment. And, and initially I was like, oh my gosh, you know, but she, she wanted to show that we're not just like waving sage, you yeah. know, we're trained medical <laughs> providers and we are coming with, you know, the birth center. I uh, love you know, it. that hopefully we don't have to use those things, but, mm -hmm. but it's there if we need it, you know, that's what she wanted to show. She right. wanted, yeah. Well, that was that was great stuff. Um, I loved it. Um, so what we're talking about today is, you know, a topic and a conversation that we've emailed about, um, you know, a little bit back and forth and seeing how we could just create this this resource and also just support um, for women and families out there, particularly around trauma 
that can come up in birth um, for mother, for baby, for family. Um, And you have a lot of knowledge and experience in that. So I I just thought it would be great for you to come on the show and and expand upon that for us. Um, So you have your own, you know, connection with that and why that particular work resonates with you. Could you share some of that? Yeah. I mean, I, I got into this, you know, becoming a midwife. That was one of the reasons I wanted to become a midwife was part what was because of what I was seeing as an obstetric nurse. Um, even just witnessing what I was seeing as an obstetric nurse on the unit where I was working, you know, created fear. Um, I was, I was, um, attending, uh, way more cesareans than I was, you know, uh, than I ever thought I would. Um, I did not, uh, outcomes were not always good for mother or baby. And, you know, that I was young and it was, you know, that in itself was, was mod, you know, was tra- traumatic, but my own traumatic birth experience, I didn't know it was trauma at the time, but mm. I certainly know now. So, so I, um, uh, it was my own birthing experiences plus my experiences working as a nurse that really stimulated me to, to, the, to, to really affect change, uh, was to become a midwife. But, um, let's see. So when I was 23, I got pregnant, 20, 23, I got pregnant with my first and I was working on the unit, um, uh, the, the maternity unit. And, um, I had a lot of fear around, around birth, uh, because of what I saw, but I didn't, um, I had a fear, I had a fear of uh, having major abdominal surgery. Mm. Um, I, because that's, you know, I saw a lot of it and I, I didn't really see, um, it was scary, you know, and I, am this dancer, very athletic, kind of like you (laughs) (laughs) athletic. And I just didn't want to be cut. And I was scared of a lot of the bad outcomes that I saw for mom and baby. So, so I was just going in with that, you know, so fear is kind of the inner stress is really the enemy of life and labor. I mean, when, you know, it, 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 it doesn't help, uh, things, uh, when you're trying to give birth and you are scared. So, so yeah. So when I came into the hospital, I was given the Royal treatment because I was a nurse on the unit, you know, Mm. so, Hey, one of our nurses is giving birth and I, I I had a good obstetrician and, and I was, I I liked him very much as a person. I knew he was an excellent surgeon, but I didn't want surgery. I, you know, and I planned having a natural birth, even though I never saw one on the unit that I worked. I just remember learning about it in the, in the, in the nursing school. You know, that's what excited me about, uh, one of the things that excited me was my obstetric rotation and learning about it, natural birth. But so, so here I was, and I was just given the routine treatment. So just, um, going in there and putting on a hospital gown, uh, really was my, the first step in me relinquishing my power mm. and um, gave me the feeling that I know nothing, they know everything, and I'm sick. Wow. <laughs> like that's, meaning that's like the, 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 the feeling that I, you get. You know, that's why I always say when you're giving birth in a hospital, wear your own clothes. I, um, I didn't make that up. You know, the Marsden Wagner, you know, the former chair of the World Health Organization um, for Maternal Child Health. I mean, he talks about one of the worst things a woman could do in labor is to put on a hospital gown. <laughs> but, but anyway, so, yeah, so I put on the hospital gown and then you're put to bed. I yeah. was put, in bed, right, put to bed 
and, and, um, can't eat and drink. And so I had the IV, you know, so I'm already feeling like a, you know, I had to do my year of meds, medicine, surgery, nursing. So, you know, it, it kind of just creates this feeling of dependency Mm. and, um, and, uh, you know, so I wasn't allowed to eat and drink. And, and then they, they put this, um, you know, the, the continuous electronic monitor on me, I'm on my back. I can't move. So no animal could labor normally in this situation. Mm. So certainly a human being could not. And it was no wonder that, you know, I had to dilate a a centimeter an hour and I wasn't doing that. It wasn't happening. And, uh, the doctor, um, I had no control. Like that's how I felt. I had Mm. no control, no say. And the doctor, you know, walked out of there. He kept coming in and sticking his hands up me and what sometimes without even asking, you know, to doing a vaginal exam um, and just like walking out and telling the nurse she's still four. And, you know, so I was like disregarded, you know, Mm. not treated like, you know, and, 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 you know, uh, um, he said to the nurse outside, hang pit. Now I, as an, as a nurse, I know what that is. Pitocin, she comes, you know, in and she starts putting medication into my IV. And I'm like, I don't want that. You know, I don't want Pitocin because I knew that that would, you know, create this domino effect and make everything harder and stronger. And then I would need an epidural, which is exactly what happened. You know, and she said to me, well, honey, you don't want a cesarean. So I said, of course, you know, no, she like, she like feared me into having the medication. So I, I felt like I had no no say, mm. you know, I was just in a vulnerable position and they know what they're doing and they're giving me this, you know, and, and, um, then of course everything got stronger and harder. My Lamaze went out the window <laughs> and, and here I am having a, a big needle put into my spine. You know, it's like, it's like, it, it, it just felt like everything just felt very medical and scary. Mm-hmm. And, and what happened after the epidural was her heart rate bottomed, her mm-hmm. heart rate dropped to a very low level and they called a stat emergency cesarean. So here I was, you know, there was this crisis in the room, right? Um, the life of my baby was being threatened. Um, the, I, my life was being threatened because I have seen women die during surgery. You know, so I, you know, it's like all the, it, it, you know, people in our culture underestimate the psychological, uh, the psychology of giving birth, how mm. significant it is for a mother, for a baby. And it can be a beautiful one and it can be a very traumatic one. A third of all women describe birth as traumatic. That is wild. That, wow. that, that's yeah. So, so I didn't know this at the time, right? But I was just, here I was being, you know, there was this crisis, like an ER scene. Everyone's whisking me into the OR, prepping me. And there was this whole emergency. And then everybody left me alone. And, I, and they, were, they told me they were going to wait for the assistant surgeon to come. And I am lying in the operating room, uh, you know, completely prepared to be cut and nobody's monitoring my baby. My, they didn't allow my husband in and I'm alone. And, um, it, it just, time was passing. And, and, um, I was looking at the clock at one point and I'm like, it's an hour, you know, the, it, I've been here an hour and during Whoa. that hour, during that hour, you know, stat emergency cesarean. I mean, and in a home birth, if you know, my section C-section rate is five percent. I can get a woman into have, if if a woman needs a cesarean, I can have them being transported. You know, all prepared in in less than 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 that time. But anyway, I uh, in that hour, um, I was freaked out that I was my baby was first. It was my baby was damaged, and then my baby's dead. Mm-hmm. And 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 
I um, d- don't ask how this happened, but my, it's the epidural uh, th- that because that, I was in such a state of panic and my life is over. My daughter, you know, I, I, I my baby's da- dead. Like I, I was really um, in that mindset and in a panic. And I just remember um, I started pushing. The epidural allowed my body to just um, open uh, and I started pushing and I, scre- I called out for help and the doctor comes running in. It's this an, an, another crisis. Get me the vacuum, he says. And he cuts in a, a large episiotomy and he vacuums her, her out. And I did not want to see her. I was convinced wow. like that. Yeah. So um, miraculously, which, which, you know, I, I, I know that um, electronic fetal monitoring is so often inaccurate and that is why it's, it's responsible for a lot of unnecessary cesarean section. I mean, that's in the research three to five times um, re- uh, increase in cesarean without um, re- affecting fetal outcome, you know, mm-hmm. decreasing mm-hmm. rates of, of oxygen deprivation and cerebral palsy. But they're still, you know, monitoring continuously all over the place. It's not evidence-based care. But anyway, I didn't want to see her. And she's apparently physically fine. Like, she's pink. She, they didn't have to do anything. They didn't have to resuscitate her. She's breathing. She's a heartbeat. And everybody's all excited. I was not fine. Hmm. I was not fine at all. Like, like, so, so some of the, now I know that this is, this is what is called birth trauma. It is very real. It is a normal reaction to experiencing a real trauma, a scary experience, um, that can be life threatening for you or the people that you love. Right. And, and what now as a midwife, I know you know, and I hear from women around the world, in addition to women in my own practice that come to me so traumatized um, by their first um, birth experience. And some of the things that can contribute, like, of course, if a woman has a history of previous trauma or abuse Mm -hmm. or, you know, mental um, illnesses, things like that, they're more at risk. But I'm talking about the, the, the main, you know, this, the, the general population, there is a, you know, if we're talking about a third of women describing their birth as traumatic, um, and it's affecting, um, the statistics that right now are about 9% of new mothers actually have what is called a post-traumatic stress disorder, mm. which was kind of coined after the Vietnam war when Vietnam veterans were coming home and universally experiencing a set of symptoms, which is, which is just a normal reaction to a trauma. Mm -hmm. So, so now, you know, and, and, and medical providers and even, you know, and people are, are not aware of it, even though it's very well researched more and more is, you know, coming out about it. There's more and more books on it. Um, and, and a lot of times women are prescribed, you know, antidepressants for postpartum depression when that is so not the way to heal it. And, um, you know, so, so, um, fear, you know, when fear and panic, when there's, when there's a real perceived trauma or scary, bad experience that can happen, let's say, um, the, the, the kind of the risk factors that, that can set this up. Um, is a feeling of, la- of, of being out of control, like mm-hmm. no control, not being treated with dignity, um, privacy, uh, sort of a hostile, difficult environment in the, in the, where the woman is giving birth, 
uh, a feeling of not being heard, a feeling of things doing being done without her uh, her consent, um, risky interventions, um, and and you know like there's there's this um, and and exactly what the doctor said to me. But what do you? What's the problem? You have a healthy baby, which uh-huh. is actually the worst thing to say. It totally invalidates mm-hmm. what going through mm-hmm. and 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 not you know not understanding the the deep psychology psychological imprint of 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 this in in a in a woman so some of the symptoms you know that women can feel which i felt uh after the birth you know so it was that i could not i was having sort of um uh uh repetitive uh, intrusive memories and flashbacks of the birth like I was kind of re-experiencing in my mind and then it would cause me anxiety and panic. Mm-hmm. And then when someone would talk about their birth story inside, I would get that fighter, you know, it's the fight or flight response that, the, 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 that sets off, you know, when there is danger at the time. But, but, but then, but then when, when exposed to a trigger, that could be seeing another, another pregnant woman, um, thinking of even going back to work and, and, and looking at and being in that environment, you know, people talking about my birth, you know, there were certain things that sort of set off just unconsciously. It just started to create this fight or flight response in me, you know, the, uh, cortisol, the, the, the adrenaline, you know, the, 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 um, all the, the symptoms that people feel when they're panicked. Mm. I was, I was nightmares. Um, and I was really afraid to go back to work. Um, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I, I, I was, I was, um, I, I, I was not depressed. I was just, I, I remember feeling very hyper vigilant, like just like or on guard, like overly yeah. kind of a thing. And, and, um, you know, th- those were my experiences. And, and now I know that that's pretty much a universal trauma, you know, post-traumatic experience. Um, animals like in the wild, um, and Peter Levine is, you know, one of the major, you know, there's so much research on the trauma response of an individual when exposed to any kind of trauma, um, any kind of life threatening, scary, dangerous, bad experience, um, you know, that, that where there's intense pain or horror or fear, helplessness, you know, that kind of thing. Um, animals, if like, if a deer sees uh, a a tiger in, 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 in the, uh, in the wild, right. In Africa, let's say, and, um, the deer, the, the fight or flight response, which the, we are wired to have that response, you know, that, that the body sets off a certain amount of, of of reaction so that that deer is going to run that, you know, that deer is going to get away from danger. And when the deer gets away from danger and the, and and the tiger doesn't catch the deer, the deer actually, all animals shake, they shake it off. It's a Mm. bodily response, right? Human, humans don't really have, uh, you know, don't do that. It's like Mm. repressed, repressed. And I'm hearing, you know, she's fine, you know, just get, you know, your baby's fine. Like, I don't know what, you know, what, you see, you know, so then I, then there's this isolation cause you can't really talk about it. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so you feel alone, you feel like a freak and you right. feel abnormal. when I wasn't abnormal, I was having a normal response. So, um, uh, it's so serious that, that there's an org, there's a grassroots organization that that's becoming, um, that, that became pretty big, which is improving birth. 
and they coined the term obstetric violence, which wow. is coercive, disrespectful care um, that is contributing to um, uh, this, this post-traumatic stress, this birth trauma, and it's playing out in labor and delivery units around the world, so much so that the World Health Organization has called for increased scrutiny of disrespectful childbirth practices. Wow. You know, this, this must be taken seriously. It's, it's been compared almost like to, it's, 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 you know, um, it, it, it should be taken as seriously as rape Mm. because when a woman is raped, there's that vulnerability, you know, same as in child giving birth, uh, there's vulnerability, there's invasive interventions that are very intimate Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes difficult for a person to assimilate this Mm -hmm. loss of control, you know, and if you don't do this, your baby could be, you know, die or be damaged. So there's coercive sort of, um, unwanted procedures. Right. And, and it, you know, maternity care in the United States has enough problems with, you know, just being extremely expensive and having high rates of mortality and morbidity, morbidity for moms and babies, high C-section rates. So psychological, um, outcomes of birth is, has just, was just not studied as much It's just like not the same, you know, concern. So mm-hmm. it's been, it's been, um, my, um, passion is to prevent it and um, do my part in in empowering women and their families so that they can as much as possible create um, an experience around you know pregnancy and birth where, whether they decide to birth in the home hospital or birth center or even in the operating room, you know, if, if a person needs, you know, uh, like I said, um, my cesarean section rate is 5%. So it should, it's, it, it should be rare that somebody actually has a complication that, that needs, that needs, um, cesarean, but that's still a birth and that can still be done. You know, sometimes it's just giving women their voice, you know, explaining what you're doing kindly and compassionately so that the woman, you know, can feel like she has, a say in how she wants to do something or, you know, speaking kindly, just getting, um, you know, eye contact, respectful communication, you know, sometimes that can just make the huge difference in, in whether a woman experiences trauma, even when interventions are needed yeah, or not, not. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. I just... First, I want to acknowledge 
you're sharing your story. And then as a, a part of that, like how it has just funneled into your passion and what you do. Um, and just, just acknowledge that and, and give a, a bit of gratitude for what you're doing because it takes that, it takes that step of, you know, peeling back even more vulnerability and in your case to, to share and to put it out there and then to be willing to, to do something like to take action. So I, I think that's incredible. And I also, I think it's great how you acknowledge that sometimes with a traumatic experience, it may not even be recognized until much later and, and kind of filed as a traumatic experience. And I think that's something, at least hearing that was helpful for me. And I think it gives you this, um, I don't want to say permission, but kind like an allowance and a space to, to remember it or to acknowledge it. Because sometimes, you know, when the, when the windows or the doors close on an experience, you know, with that suppression you were talking about, it's kind of like it's over. So if you were going to have anything about it, you know, that time has passed. So now we need to move on, especially in motherhood. When, if you moved out of a traumatic birth experience, now you have this whole new journey you're on and this, this life form that is completely dependent on you and you're learning and navigating that thing while still trying to heal from what you, you can't, fully understand that happened no, to you. No, and it's and it's something, yeah, it's very subconscious. Like you can't fully understand. You know, trauma is just processed in the body and needs to be healed from a somatic, you know, all the a lot of the trauma research now is how to heal from trauma. And that's why I do clarity breath work. It has to be healed through you know, a body experience, you know, uh, shaking out, shaking out, releasing the energy that we're trapped and stored in cells all over our body. And, you know, it affects, you know, for a, a, a woman who's postpartum, like I remember um, every time I used to look at my baby in the beginning, I would just cry, mm. you know, cry because like, like I loved her with every piece of my body, with every part of my body. But it, it was like, I was, you know, number one, grateful she was there, but I was just, it, it was, I'm not sure if it was a trigger. Um, but I, I definitely said to my husband, I'm not having any more babies. Mm. And, you know, I, I'm amazed that I just, um, I remember my first day back at work. I just said to myself, without knowing any kind of, you know, anything about trauma, just, just like, I'm just going to hold my head up and I'm just going to just jump right in and face it. <laughs> That's wow. what I mean. But, but, um, it came out in other ways, you right. know, so that, that wasn't the, that wasn't the way to, to, to heal. But, mm-hmm. you know, Oh, yeah, that that was that was a big story. Yeah. So then how did you heal it? And what were some of the things that worked for you? Because, you know, just like we may not recognize it in the same time frame. Also, the the scale of trauma and, you know, where it falls on that is going to be different. You know, I'm sure traumatic experiences, just like every birth is different, how we experience it is going to be different. Um, so I know there's got to be a million ways and, and unique opportunities for healing it for each individual, but what were some of the things that were helpful for you? Well, what was helpful for me at the time was that I had a very loving and supportive family and, and, and just surrounding myself. I just felt like I needed to be surrounded by love and nurturing and care that, that, you know, but, but, um, what that didn't necessarily heal it, but it just helped. Sure. It, it helped so much. And what really healed it um, was my, because I, I had a very similar birth actually the second time, but what really healed it was when I went to midwifery school, I heard this was real and, you know, uh, you know, this is what we studied. And, and then I started talking and, and then as a, um, my own healing birth, 
my own healing tubers with, with midwives was, was, um, you know, when I was given care that was respectful and compassionate and kind and gave me back my power and my voice. And, you know, so, so just having an experience like that was, was healing, um, talking to other women who, who had the same experiences. Um, there's a lot of awesome books about, about birth trauma, Re, uh, rebounding from childbirth, survivor moms, women's stories, uh, traumatic childbirth. I mean, heal your birth story. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, um, how to heal a bad birth. Uh, there's, there's a lot of books that I, that I started reading about. Um, uh, but the, re- but, uh, I didn't really actually, um, heal until I did the, the clarity breath work. So, so I had tried, I knew certain things were, you know, and I also had a history of, of other traumas as a child and I, that I didn't necessarily know, but you know, it was more subconscious. Right. I mean, I knew, I knew there was abuse, but, but I didn't know how it was necessarily playing out in my body, but it was, it's trapped energy mm. in the body that, yeah. that, that needs to, and, and, and that's why I was always very athletic and very, uh, very into dance. And I, and, and, and because I felt like I could move my emotions and process emotions through dance without even knowing I was doing that. You That's know, fascinating. Like go, you know how you just go for a run. Yeah. You, you just, you just, you just get it out. You just, you just, you, you know, and I would, um, you know, songs would move me and I would just move and, and express emotions through whether it's a sad song, an angry song, or just a sexy song or, or yeah. a hip hop, whatever, you know, you just, <laughs> just moving my emotion. Now I know why I was doing that, hmm. you know, had a very deeper, um, um, had a deeper purpose, but it no, but I just knew that it felt good. It felt good to, you know, to, to be very active, you wow. know, but I had, I had, um, I had just, I was the master of repression. You know, mm-hmm. I just repressed. I didn't know. I mean, we didn't, you know, that, that's all I knew really. I, you know, I just, you know, buried it or got busy with work or, or, you know, but it comes out like if you don't, <laughs> if, oh, yeah. if, if you don't process it, you know, and, and, you know, so I, I got, I got my wake up call. I got sick, my, my fourth baby postpartum. And that was my wake up call. And, and, and then that's what really started me on this need to heal something that was bothering me, but I couldn't put my finger on it, but I knew I was triggered easily by certain things. I knew I was very reactive to certain things. I knew that there was something in me that was, that needed to be released. That was ugly. That was dark. That was, that was, um, you know, um, there was, there was emotional pain in my body that was, I, I knew that, you know, but, but I, I had tried, I was so, you know, I'm very holistic. I tried everything from, you know, homeopathic remedies to acupuncture to, you know, all sorts of, um, holistic modalities. Therapy never worked. That just made it worse. Mm. Just to sit and talk about how awful I felt that that, wasn't, <laughs> that, that just made it worse. And I could, and I didn't really feel like I had access to what was governing you know, why I was anxious or afraid of certain things or felt, you know, certain experiences or having nightmares. Like I just didn't. And, and I went to a, I went to a, um, um, a, a psychiatrist and they just wanted to prescribe me drugs. Drugs didn't help. One psychiatrist, she was holistic, said to me, you have chronic post-traumatic stress and, you know, since your childhood and the, you know, the birth and there were some other adult hits, but, but it was mostly childhood stuff. And, the, you know, and she's the one that told me 
that, you know, to relate, to heal trauma, like somatic experience, all the trauma research is, you know, is now um, about not healing through talk therapy. You need to do certain modalities to rewire the brain or to release the trauma energy from the body. And that's when I got into clarity breath work, which mm. is, which, which, which saved my life. And when I did, when I did that kind of work, it felt like I took 3000 billion tons of bricks off my body off my back that I had been carrying for years and I just let them go. They're gone. It's gone. Like, and, 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 you know, when I felt that and I witnessed it in all the other people taking the workshops and, 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 uh, the group sessions and the private sessions, um, it, it's, um, it's such a powerful modality and it's simple and it's safe. And that's why I became a clarity breathwork practitioner because not just to help myself, but you know, pretty much, um, at least, almost well if you're human you have baggage right mm-hmm. but but you know some it affects more than others but i would say at least a, a third or maybe even more of women that come to me with past not necessarily birth trauma um but you know they're they're they're, they're plagued by inner stress or or depression or anxiety or they have a history well, you know, the stats of, you know, you know, I think it's one in three women are affected by uh, sexual uh, abuse and violence mm. in some at some point in their life. So that so this is just such a powerful modality that 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 can release that and help, you know, a woman could really feel complete healing mm-hmm. or a, a man, you know, any anybody because yeah. the father is affected. You know, everybody can experience trauma from um, and, 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 you know, what I wanted to say about birth in terms of, um, you know, there's decades of scientific research, for, you know, in the field of embryology, neurology, psychology, that babies are fully conscious, not only when they're born, but in the womb, and that they, they form memories, they feel trauma, nonverbal memories. So for example, you know, we knew for years that, that, you know, drug, if you take, uh, you know, drugs or alcohol or nicotine or poor nutrition, uh, you know, uh, that, that can have uh, certain infections can have traumatic effects on, on the baby, um, physically and emotionally. But now we're, we're, we're really, um, the focused on how does, you know, what the mom feels baby feels. So mm-hmm. how does acute emotional trauma in the mom or chronic stress in the mom, all those hormones, the happy hormones get passed to the baby, and so do the stressful hormones. And so what the mom eats, drinks, breathes, thinks, feels, experiences really affect the baby. So so we're let's we're, we're just talking about like like just think a baby is is heart to heart in the womb, you know, just comforted close to the mom. And and just think about like some of the standard routine procedures, right? So 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 um, a baby, uh, let's you know, it's very common that that a mom is given pitocin to make the contraction stronger. She's given anesthetics, narcotics. Um, sometimes uh, the the you know electronic monitor is stuck on the baby's head. Um, the cords clamped right away. So the baby doesn't get that, um, Mm -hmm. the cord blood, the baby, it comes out, there's bright lights, a lot of noise. There's sort of a, a rushed hassling handling kind of experience. The baby's, they, 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 they put tubes down the baby's throat to suction fluids. 
Um, baby's put in an isolate, taken away, taken away to the nursery, you know, and just think of the, the procedures that are done in the intensive care unit. So, and the shots and, you know, circumcision. So, so the babies feel and remember this. Mm. And, um, so it just like behooves us to, to what can we do to really, and, you know, and there's a whole, there's a whole field of research, birthpsychology.com, the, the American association, I think it's a pre and perinatal psychology. You know, there's tons of people, um, that, that, you know, very rep, you know, that are producing reputable research. And, and, and I love Karen. Have you heard of Karen Strange? No. Oh my gosh. She's an amazing midwife. Karenstrange.com. She goes around the, the, the country, probably the globe teaching, um, neonatal resuscitation to out of hospital or pretty much she can teach it to anybody, but, but, uh, her, her, her specialty is, to teaching it to out of hospital providers. Mm. And, um, she is very, uh, has a lot of very interesting articles, um, about the, this on, on, on her website in terms of what can we do for the baby to help the baby process the trauma? Mm. Yeah. There's so many things that we have such a, um, a capacity to heal. But um, the baby needs to tell the story and, you know, skin to skin. And there's a whole, um, you know, um, there's a whole, you know, bunch of modalities that, that moms can just learn to do. Dads can learn to do. Partners can learn to do to just be very slow and like dim light and calm and kind of let the baby, you know, tell the story. They, they will communicate the story. You know, because babies who experience trauma have a series of symptoms. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're hyper, they're same thing. They're hyper alert. They're not consolable. They're irritable. They're, you know, they startle quickly. They don't sleep well. You know, they, they might, or they might sleep too much and feeding difficulties. So, so sometimes, you know, this is thought to be a physical problem when it's really just they had their nervous system was, um, you know, traumatized mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, and it's, crucial that early age is a newly developing brain and and we're learning now you know like all it affects like our our learning capacity like all ADHD and mm-hmm. all the sensory problems and aut- the autistic spectrum you know issues a lot of them have been linked to birth trauma right oh but but there's hope you know we mm-hmm. can we, we definitely well we certainly can prevent it you know but there's also ways to heal it yeah at the time at yeah, I love what you said that we have such a capacity to heal. Yeah, I love that yeah. that you know, yeah. and to just create more things around that that support that statement that are indicative that show that like all of those things are going to help with this whole process. Um, I want to take a step back just for one minute. And if you could give, um, a little bit of context, I'm sure there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but a little bit of what clarity breath work is just in a few words for those listening who want to know more about it or want to understand kind of the gist of what it is. Well, let me just tell you how popular it is. I mean, in, 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 in Europe and a lot of parts of the world, they have breath centers, like they have yoga studios. Oh, that's cool. It's so awesome. Like this, um, I know, I know some of my fellow colleagues from around the world think this is just going to be, you know, the wave of the future, like in the, in, in the United States, even it'll be as many breath studios as there are yoga studios where you just go and breathe in this with the facilitator. But anyway, um, it, breathing is, um, it, there's so much breathing. It, it, it's a method of, of continuous conscious 
connective breathing with an intention. Mm. And it and it allows you to access 100% of your entire lung capacity because okay. normally normally we use about 20 to 30% um, of our lung capacity. And so when when um when for a, a, an hour you are breathing complete full completely and fully and one no pause one breath after the other with a very relaxed jaw and open mouth breathing into the heart it, it it puts the body in a in a semi-conscious state and a lot of the energy of the trauma can be released mm. but 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 the but, but oxygen you know pro, there's so many different levels that it helps like it, it allows the body to reset completely reset um, your, oxygen is the main fuel um, the, you know breathing in inhaling oxygen is the main fuel it's the main source of energy for the body so if we're only breathing 20 to 30 percent just imagine that you know this is we're breathing a hundred percent and it gets into all of ourselves so that all of ourselves can heal and operate you know operate more more efficiently on a physical level in terms of an emotional level so so when when a person is in a fight or flight trauma situation like they're like you know they they have a car accident they feel intense fear and they hold their breath and any emotion that they feel at that time gets trapped as unprocessed trauma energy stored in the body so so it is just um a way in which the body can kind of get in a state so the body can, it empowers the body to heal on its own and shake out, like kind of release that trauma energy. Um, on a spiritual level, it, it's, um, you know, it's, there's no religious dogma, there's no spiritual um, uh, anything mm -hmm. about it other than it does, I, I'm amazed to watch, it does enable a person to connect with the less tangible the the spiritual uh, aspects of themselves and all that is because you know now cultures around the world whether you go yoga you know prana was always considered the breath you know breath the life force the connection between humans and spirit all the biblical religions talk about God putting breath into you know Adam and Eve and they became human beings mm -hmm. so, so so there so there is um, sort of this um, um, notions around the world um, that, that spirituality, the connection to spirituality is through the breath. Yeah. But, but even without needing to know that, just, just, you know, breathing in this way um, has such immense physical and emotional benefits that it's, it's behooves. I, I mean, like I, I think every person who who is in the healthcare profession needs to know about this so they can they can refer people to breath workers, you know, people who can facilitate um either private or group sessions because it's such a powerful way to release trapped, you know, inner stress, emotional pain and trauma from the body mm -hmm. that that impacts our lives. You know, so mm -hmm. it really leads to to such an, a feeling of relief, of well being, of joy, um, like no other. That's amazing, and this is something pregnant women can do. Oh, absolutely, cool. absolutely. I do. I mean, I mean, there the, you can go on the, the there's the claritybreathwork.com website. Great, that was my next where, question. Yeah, where people can find you know local providers. Um, I do it on Skype. Uh, there are other providers that do it on Skype. If you know, I do it locally, but I'm saying for people 
who can't find um, a breath worker can can do it on Skype. There's the breath guru uh, in England. He uh, he has an app actually, but I I think it's 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 better to you know I, I think it's it's because it's so powerful. I wouldn't do it by yourself, you mm-hmm. know, um, on an app. But I think the app is good to reinforce it. Um, but but there's it's all over the world. I mean, it's okay. in Israel, it's in Australia. I mean, it, you know, you can you can look up breath work, rebirthing, holotropic breath. But clarity breath work is the is the the um, the way in which I was trained, and it's all kind of, um, any, a lot of this breath work is kind of all has a little bit different, uh, branches out from the original, you know, the, uh, uh, when it originally was developed, Okay. but it's all very similar, Okay. uh, in terms of, you know, using conscious breath guided and supported by a facilitator who can, um, you know, and, and it's a way to like, yeah, you know, part of the process is when you're breathing, um, a lot of the pain comes up and it's always, you know, um, like in clarity breath work, we always like kind of start from the earliest traumas going up because, because a lot of the, a lot of, you know, um, trauma that we experienced as a new, as a baby or as a child, as a teenager, usually the earlier traumas are going to impact how we act as adults. So sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a lot of the earlier stuff comes up first. Sure. And so, so we encourage, you know, so what happens is the, the emotion, the, the, the sensations of emotions come up and people sometimes are afraid of it, but like every emotion is safe. Just feel it, allow it, don't bury it, just feel it. It's okay. Feel it. And then, and then they, and then, you know, just breathing into it and then it just shakes or releases from the body. It's, it's so powerful. That's... And like any, anyone with lungs can do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That, I mean, I'm going to look into that. That sounds amazing. Um, I, this has been so awesome. Um, I'd like to to kind of wrap up with uh-huh. just some final thoughts that you have for any mom or mother to be or woman, whoever, any person listening to this right now who is working with some trauma that they've either recently experienced or recently identified. And what what are some steps or some some feedback, some support that you want to leave them with? Well, um, the, what, once someone is already battling, I have a well-being assessment on my, um, emotional well-being assessment. It's just a free assessment on my website. Um, so it's home sweet homebirth.com. And then the, uh, it's, uh, forward slash clarity dash breathwork dash New York. I think it's new dash to your, but anyway, if you go on home, sweet you'll see clarity breath work in the top. Cool. In the top. Cool. And, and I'll include links to all of this, by the way, listeners and, and listed a lot of great resources. And so these will all be on the doing it at home, um, website, D I H podcast.com. So if you can't, you know, write it down right now or whatever, we'll have it all there for you. Yeah. And, and, and that, um, that's a well-being assessment. And, and if some, I, I think in terms of I've tried it all and I've had a lot of trauma and I really think this is the, one of the, you know, the top, this saved my life, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think, um, you, it, rather than talk therapy and medication, I think, I mean, you know, that may be helpful in adjunct if someone is really severe, but, um, I think this does it. 
and I, and my my main uh, interest is preventing it, right? Sure. Is preventing it. So so um, you know maybe for your listeners, um, I have uh, like a free download of a gift of my hundred like it's 154 of my favorite resources for pre-pregnancy, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, mamahood, and women mm. inspiration, baby, you know, siblings, dads. But it's, um, uh, I think when you, when you empower yourself with information, mm-hmm. you know, you might, you might make different decisions on, and, and how, on how you want to experience, uh, a birth, which is a peak life experience in your life. So that's homesweethomebirth.com forward slash gift forward slash. And then in my course and in my, which is basically how I take women through my practice mm. is, is in, uh, in my love your birth course is how, um, you know, all how, you know, looking at every single possible intervention and procedure and test from the flu vaccine, from the pertussis vaccine, from testing for genetic disorders, from debt for down syndrome and other chromosomal abnormalities, all the different tests and procedures that are done in pregnancy birth and to the labor and, you know, and to the baby and and postpartum, what are the pros and cons? How do you feel about that? And like kind of helping you making a decision and then, and, you know, having that to, 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 to kind of lead you where, you know, and with whom you want to have this, this uh, incredible experience and, and, you know, bringing humanity and celebration and love of the experience back into it. Mm. <laughs> right. No matter how it turns out. So that's, 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 I go into in detail about, you know, in my course and with the women in my practice and online, you know, I do online, I, the whole thing birthed online compli- uh, consulting. Cause on, in, on Instagram, people are, are messaging me, you know, I had this horrible traumatic birth mm. experience my first time. And they explained me the whole story and how can I, heal and have a better birth next time. Well, I can't answer that on Instagram, right? right? So that's to really best help people. That's a, you know, that's a consultation. So that kind of birthed this online, you know, midwifery con- consulting, which mm. I, I just love. I mean, I've been connecting with women all over the world <sighs> and, and, um, you know, it's, it's really been, um, amazing, an amazing Ooh. journey, <laughs> this whole online social media, uh, ability to be able to really affect change, you know, yeah. uh, all mm-hmm. over. Yeah. And absolutely. reaching and helping women all over. Well, that's what you're doing. And <laughs> we're, we're just so grateful to be able to be in the energy of it and watch it and help support it in any way that we can here. And, um, and thank you so much for taking the time and just your, your knowledge just continues to like blow me away. You know, Aww. in our first episode, I was just like, wow, you know, kind of mouth open. This is awesome. And then here I am again, experiencing it. So I'm extremely grateful. Um, and uh, listeners, I'm going to have all of this, like I said, for you on our website. If you want to connect with Anne, learn more about her, you know, direct you to her website, homesweethomebirth.com. And, um, Yes, just thank you so much and continue to do pleasure. what you're doing. It's I want to add, thank you so much. I want to add one more thing. Please. And it's that, it's that uh, to women who have suffered from any sort of trauma, mm-hmm. um, I know what it feels like. I know the deepest, darkest pains mm. and I know despair and I know hopelessness and I know the feeling that I will never heal. And that is a lie. That is such mm. a lie. The fact that I came from all of that 
and I completely healed, it's, 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 it's so possible for you. Wow. You know, that there is such hope. Yeah. I felt that I, I could, I could feel that on like a very deep level when you said that. So thank you. note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.